pretty tough. Would you say you and Aang have a rocky relationship? What stirring love song do you think Lieutenant G uh, performed at Music Night that moved Iroh so? It would have to be some sort of oldie. Yeah. Right? Because they're, they're old. I'll tell you my guess after you tell. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. Okay. They're at sea. Um, okay. <laughs> my Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. <laughs> so this is some sort of Titanic remake that is uh, happening. Yeah. And, and Lieutenant G put his arms around uh, Uncle Iroh at the bow of the ship. <laughs> and, <laughs> and reenacted. No, 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 no. It was, they, they were the band. Like, because in Titanic, they still had like the string quartet playing while everyone was like oh, filing yeah, on the yeah. boat. So they were the people playing the music and being the morale boosters while um i guess zuko and who who would who would hold zuko zuko wasn't there oh right that's right i'm sorry that's, then Ira was telling zuko how he missed a great music night that's right that's right i'm sorry so it's to my understanding they have this music night a lot <laughs> Because you miss music night. Like, it's a ritual. You think it's, like, every Tuesday night or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> do you think they have, like, different uh, styles of music? Maybe it's, like, salsa I think they night. do, like, a karaoke, like, night. Like, karaoke. Like, every person has to get up and perform a song every week. What is Iroh's Guilty Pleasure karaoke song? Oh, you know he's a um, bossing, say, stan. <laughs> It's long, a long, long, long way to Ba Sing Se, and the girls in the city are oh so pretty. Wow. That was good. But like, if he had to listen to uh, a modern song, what do you think? Oh, um, Shake It Off, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Lieutenant G if we're thinking about love songs in the avatar I'm sorry I'm sorry I, I'm just I'm I just now have the image of uh Iroh singing shake it off shake it off shake it off wow and the head is gonna hey, 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 hey. and the place like yeah I, I like it yeah right? <laughs> um I think what if Lieutenant G actually like if we're thinking realistically like songs within the Avatar universe, um, it's more it's more <laughs> likely <laughs> it's more likely that Lieutenant G was singing Two Lovers. Two love oh uh, two lovers yeah hidden oh yeah secret well, tunnel <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, <laughs> we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna sing a lot of secret secret tunnel once it gets oh, to that yeah. point so I don't wanna. We're gonna jam. Yeah, I don't want to do too many secret tunnel jokes before. That's true. Before we get there. Welcome to Rocky Relationship and Avatar: The Last Airbender podcast. I'm Danielle, and I'm Erin. And today <laughs> we're covering chapter. I, oh no! I always, I never know the. We get confused chapter. between the podcast episodes and then the chapters that we're on in the show. And you write it down, and I and like an idiot, I never. I mean, I forget too. Chapter thirteen. Chapter thirteen. I said it first. Um, the blue spirit. The blue spirit. <laughs> I was like, are you you, are you blinking on this I one? I blinked. I blinked. <laughs> the blue spirit. This is a great episode. This is, you know, I'm gonna tell you why this is a great Avatar episode. Wait, we're, you mean you we originally weren't going to say why it's great, but now you've decided. Well, I'm gonna give it to you in like. 
<laughs> two sentences. Okay. Or three or four or five. But um, this is a great episode because it's the perfect combination of fun antics yeah. and deep story. <laughs> yeah. And um, kind of like deep like story implications as well. And unexpected yeah and um i think it really gives us a lot of information on the fire nation Mm -hmm. like we see their hierarchy and their ins and outs and we get a full-on like authoritarian speech oh yeah like super dark it's (laughs) it's it's very fascist yeah yeah (laughs) we are the superior element i i i think we can safely say uh the fire nation's pretty fascist yeah there are connections to be drawn there yeah um (laughs) so yeah it's it's that constant thing that they're trying to drive in this first season it's like zuko is not the worst of the fire nation yeah yeah that's 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 a big um theme of this episode where we see how zuko will do anything even if it means going against his people in order to restore his honor right and yeah and we see we see all of this these complicated layers added into zuko's character in this one episode and he doesn't even like speak for most of the episode. that's true yeah it's so, just his actions that kind of speak it was him, really cool um what was your i'm gonna do the whole like impression of watching it as an adult versus my impression as a kid what was your whole idea did you know it was zuko um i don't i i i don't remember my reaction i'm going to be honest so I, I I would say I wasn't surprised by it, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know I I I just don't really have a reaction. So you don't I, remember? I, yeah, I don't remember. I I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I pro- like I vaguely remember, and I probably did not know who it was the whole time. The whole time until I saw the scar peeking out. So I was probably like, yeah. st- I was probably surprised. I mean, I was a kid. You know, it's yeah. not hard to like surprise the kids. <laughs> Um, cause you never seen, you had seen the swords on Zuko's wall, but you never seen him use them before. Right. So, um, it was an added, not only like to not see Zuko firebend at all. And to just like have this skill that we had never seen in the show before. Like we had never seen anyone do the, the swords. Uh, what are they called? I did not look it up. They look like scimitars, I think, or. Dual broadswords. Yeah, just dual broadswords. Okay. Yeah. They um, we had never seen anyone wield those before. I mean, we haven't we we've seen a couple of like cool non-bender fighters so far. Jet. With jet. Um, and he had the two, like um, those hook swords. Cork, ho- yeah, the hook swords. So we had seen something similar, but yeah. The I mean, we saw the we have the fans from the Kyoshi Warriors. Right. Right. Um. So this was it, it's really cool how they keep. They also have so many different types of fighting styles outside of outside bending. Outside of the bending, yeah. That's really cool. Like, they didn't have to do that. They already had <laughs> these, like, really unique fighting styles with bending. Yeah. Like, that's literally the whole show. Right. And then they also, like, take the time to put in really interesting skills for non-benders. I think why that's... The reason why is because fighting is very much a part of like a person's identity in everyone, in, like every character in the mm-hmm. show. So when you have like a unique fighter, it's intrinsically linked to their personality and mm-hmm. how they approach, how they problem solve. You know what I mean? That's a pretty esoteric like idea. But if you look at 
people like Aang, his fighting style is derived from Bagua, and that's all about evasion and not being hit and circling your opponent. And Aang himself is a person that doesn't, isn't aggressive and doesn't want to hurt people or doesn't want to kill them, rather. Um, Except for like the 50 uh, firebenders he killed in this episode. <laughs> he, he, he blew them away off of the wall. He didn't just the blow them wall. away off of the wall. He body slammed them into the ground below with an air current. He <laughs> I straight think... up murdered them. No, they didn't just fall from the 50 foot like wall. They he literally he literally pushed them further into the ground with an air hey, current. He, he, I, I don't think he's afraid to break some bones. Oh that's what God. I'll say. <laughs> he's like Batman, like, I don't kill people. But then he just like beats them to a pulp and they they can never walk again <laughs> yeah. and their lives are ruined. Um, well, well, let's get into the plot summary so we can go ahead and uh, break this episode down. Further. Yeah, yeah. We always, we always we do always a mini breakdown. <laughs> We always want to talk before we actually like explain what happened. <laughs> so this is the great Avatar, master of all the elements. I don't know how you've managed to elude the Fire Nation for a hundred years, but your little game of hide and seek is over. I've never hidden from you. Chapter 13, The Blue Spirit. We first see a Fire Nation base where Commander Zhao is requesting the assistance of a highly skilled group of fighters called the Yuyan Archers in his quest to capture the Avatar. The request is initially denied by the general of the base when suddenly they receive a message from Fire Lord Ozai stating that Commander Zhao is now promoted to Admiral, and the general orders the Yuyan Archers to assist Zhao at once. In the shadows, we see a person with a blue mask who has been eavesdropping on their conversation. We will come to know him as the Blue Spirit. Meanwhile, the gang is staying at some ruins, and Sokka has come down with the bad flu. The storm from the last episode seems to have made Sokka sick, and even Katara is starting to cough too. Aang decides to venture out so he could find medicine for his friends, and he finds a temple with an eccentric herbalist. She suggests for him to find frozen wood frogs in the swamps so that Sokka and Katara can be cured. In the meantime, Zuko is on his ship with Iroh, and they receive word about Zhao's promotion, which disheartens Zuko. Since Zhao has been promoted, Zuko feels that his chances of finding the Avatar are dwindling, and if he doesn't capture Aang before Zhao does, then there will be no hope of Zuko returning home and restoring his honor. While Aang is on his way to the swamps, he is ambushed by the Yuyan archers. A really intense action sequence takes place as Aang is barely dodging the arrows due to their precision and aim. Aang is able to make his way towards the swamp and pick up a couple of frogs before he is ultimately captured by the archers. Aang ends up in the custody of Admiral Zhao in the nearby Fire Nation base. Zhao reveals to Aang his plan to keep him barely alive so they don't have to worry about searching for the next avatar if he dies. When Zhao leaves Aang, we then see the Blue Spirit infiltrate the Fire Nation base. This happens while Zhao lays out the Fire Nation's plan to conquer the Earth city of Ba Sing Se since they now have captured the Avatar. The Blue Spirit is able to make their way to Aang's cell and free him. They get some distance before Zhao notices that Aang is missing, and Zhao rings the alarm and the duo is found as they try to scale the wall. Then another action sequence takes place as they fight their way out of the base. The soldiers eventually corner the duo and Zhao orders them to not kill Aang, which then causes the Blue Spirit to put his sword at Aang's throat and hold him hostage. 
Zhao allows them to slowly walk out of the base at the surprise of his soldiers, and then orders a Yuyan archer to knock out the blue spirit from a long distance. The archer is able to hit his mask, which allows Aang to see a scar underneath while he's knocked out. Aang quickly creates a diversion, allowing him to take off the mask and see that it was Zuko that saved him. Aang decides to bring Zuko to safety, and he confronts the prince when he wakes up. Aang states that 100 years ago before the war, he also had friends from the Fire Nation and asks Zuko if he thinks they could have been friends in another time. Zuko immediately fires a blast at Aang, which causes him to flee. On his way back to Katara and Sokka, Aang goes back to the swamp to pick up the frozen frogs that he left at the base and finally brings a cure to his friends. A cure for coronavirus. Sucking on them frogs. Everybody line up. Aang is the Dr. Fauci of his time. (laughs) No, that's the herbalist. The herbalist. Aang is Joe Biden. I ship the herbalist um, with King Boomy. Oh, yeah? I think they would have, if they would have met, they're definitely the mo- like the eccentric Fireworks. old people. Fireworks. Oh, yeah? They would have been a good couple. <laughs> Where, well, yeah. I mean, imagine Miyuki and uh, Floopy or Floofy? What's Flopsy. That? Flopsy. Flopsy, <laughs> sorry. Flopsy. Daddy wants a kiss from Flopsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that would have been good. Flopsy would have eaten Miyuki. Or Miyuki would have eaten Flopsy. No, she likes Plum Blossom. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, so, um, this is a common theme we see all throughout Avatar. It's probably Katara's favorite theme, which is ironic since she's not really present in this episode. Yeah, she's uh, playing charades with Momo. She would have been so happy if she would have known that the theme of this week's episode is hope. Hope. That's an interesting one. Um, It is really interesting because we do associate hope with the pre- like just the avatar in general um and the whole return of the avatar uh we really associate it with how he brings hope to people um especially uh in the darkness of this ongoing war but in this episode we find out how much hope he brings to zuko mm, yeah because zuko if if admiral zhao actually got zuko and okay. Sorry, <laughs> got Aang. So, too many, too many boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, if Zhao got, uh, oh my god, Zhao got Aang and actually went through his plans to control Bossing, you know, or sorry, um, yeah, take control of Bossing, say, um, kiss up to the Fire Lord, all that, right? Mm-hmm. Zhao is the one going down in the history books, not Zuko, or rather, Zuko is not the one that he 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 can't he doesn't have an opportunity at that point. To restore his honor. Yeah, Zuko the only... doesn't care about go- going yeah, down. Yeah, that, that, but... that was just me going down that rabbit hole, like alternate timeline. But mm-hmm. basically, if that happened, Zuko would be banished forever and he wouldn't have a way to get back. Aang represents all hope for his uh, his crown, you know, his title, um, and any love that he can redeem from his father and his family. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we see what that desperation of losing that hope can do to a person. And Zuko basically betrays his whole nation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. He commits treason straight up. Yeah. I mean, we'll see the the blue spirit becomes kind of like a fugitive. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that because Zuko 
this whole time we've sort of had hints as far as what like what Zuko's motivations are. Not, I wouldn't say hints. They're very strong. <laughs> um, honor. Yeah, yeah. It's all about honor. So this is a question that the writers are asking is like, what would Zuko do for his honor? It's and... really crazy because this is technically a very dishonorable thing to do. Right. If he got if he got caught, if he got found out yeah. by Zhao and Zhao was the one that saw the scar underneath his mask. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Zuko probably wouldn't even be living. Well, we'll see what happens cuz uh, Zhao eventually does find out. Find out. Right. But I I'm saying in the, in this episode if He's Zhao actually yeah, if Zhao if Zuko got captured and Zhao found out, he wouldn't even be living. He'd straight up be executed. Yeah, you know for what I mean? sure, for sure. Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, he he literally risked everything he's hoping to rebuild just so he can rebuild it, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really crazy. I mean, he he really doesn't have any choice in his mind. Um, you know, he's well, not he's not doing this out of the kindness of his heart no, for Aang. <laughs> you got to think about the alternative. It's either let Zhao keep Aang and do that whole thing and he doesn't get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Or he um, frees Aang and gets the opportunity to do it himself. Or the third option is he tries to free free Aang and gets captured. It, it's it's a do or die kind of situation for him. His life is less important to him than his honor. I I would agree with that definitely yeah. because also like him being killed is the same thing as being banished forever. Yeah, it's it's the same thing to him. It's not even like a um a hard choice for him like he has to do this in his mind and this isn't the last time this season that he will risk his life um to capture the avatar like he goes into a very dangerous situation uh when we reach the north pole and you know he again risks his life he's he's a really really emotional person super Mm -hmm. passionate and he's driven on his emotion and his rage yes you know and um that just leads him to be in really vulnerable situations like the one where you're just in if ang wasn't as charitable wasn't as um you know forgiving i guess mature i would say too um he probably would have killed zuko yeah you know when he got the chance because zuko would have left zuko behind he almost yeah or rather leave him behind yeah he he started to run away and then he turned back and saw like the army coming towards zuko and zuko laying there defenseless and ang being the moral like having the moral compass he does couldn't bear to do that you know yeah um and i don't think it's stated explicitly but i mean spoilers if you don't want to know like what eventually happens to zuko we probably already said it without spoiling it spoilering it but um when he turns good and hangs out with Aang and stuff (laughs) i would say that this moment itself was super pivotal in zuko's perception of Aang that helped pave the way for him to make that decision make that decision go to Aang. yeah yeah um they don't state it explicitly but it's one of those things like the the choices you make can affect or it can have consequences ripples yeah, way later down the road, and I think yeah. this is one of those moments. Also, on the other hand, I think Aang did use this point to uh, argue in Zuko's favor of letting him join the group when uh, right. he 
comes to them. Yeah, he tried to save me. I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> does Aang know I, that I it think, wasn't? Yeah. I think Aang does know that it was not for great intentions, especially with that fire blast at the end. Sure. Um, Aang wants to see the good in people always. Yeah. Um, and this is the, like the first moment where he, I think he was like really kind of glad he saw the good in Zuko. Yeah, because I think at this point, Aang hasn't really like. Us as an audience, we've seen Zuko and in, ha- in, in his vulnerability, in his vulnerabilities, him having his talks with Iroh. We as an audience have seen that. Mm-hmm. Has Aang seen that? No, no, he hasn't. Yeah. So this is definitely the first moment where Aang is starting to realize, oh, this crazy dude that's after me. There's something more to him. I also just remembered. I mean, and we can talk about <laughs> this. Is also talking about season three, but. Uh, Zuko literally used what Aang said against him when when Zuko was trying to convince them to let him join the group. He he said he's like you once said that you thought we could be friends once, right? Um, and he uses Aang's words against him, and yeah. it, you could see it it swayed Aang uh, to let him join. And yeah, that was a really like a really touching moment. Like you see Zuko just stir. And like he's awake and he's alive, and he 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 must realize that Aang saved him from a situation, and Aang is just talking about his friend from the Fire Nation, good old Kuzan. Kuzan, yeah, we, <laughs> he doesn't say, but we can we know the no, only he friend Kuzan. he has. He said he Kuzan? said my friend Kuzan. Oh. Yeah, and um, it's a really touching moment. He's just saying how before the war he you know he had friends all over the world and it didn't matter you know what nation you were from and then he relates that to them just from this one moment of zuko saving him like he was like do you think that like we could have been friends i mean i wouldn't say it was just one moment he literally saved him from captivity like when you're in that state of vulnerability especially as a person as important as ang where you're just like oh my god the world is now fucked right like it's over yeah, he was about to be tortured for the rest of his life. Yeah, I mean, Nation. when you come to Which that... I think, honestly, bad plan for the Fire Nation because <laughs> Aang already has so many allies that, like, someone would have staged a breakout eventually. Yeah, well, they it did. It was very easy for the blues, just Zuko with two swords to <laughs> break re- him out. <laughs> I think the reason why it was so easy is because it was Zuko. He knows the ins and outs of... Of how Fire Nation bases probably work. Yeah. yeah he's probably true. been to that base. We don't know, but he's probably been there. Well, he was there earlier spying on them. Right. Exactly. So yeah. he already knows. So, yeah, I, I think it would have made it, it makes perfect sense for Zuko to be the one to because he was heavily guarded. There was like four or five there guards. Was a, no, there was like a army there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, well, on the base. Yeah. But I'm saying like in the hallways and yeah, by yeah. the door. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, not to, you know, uh, praise Zuko for everything, because, you know, once you free Aang, Aang is pretty, like, <laughs> yeah. he's a pretty hard force to, like, beat. He just yeah. blows air and, like, <laughs> like literally clears, like, armies of people I up love, in front of them. <laughs> I love the action sequences in this um, episode when yeah. they do the the ladders, and they're it's, like, I, I guess stilt walking, or, yeah. but it's not... What's the word? Uh, pole vaulting. Pole vaulting. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what they're doing. It's so cool. I liked when um uh he like hooked his legs around Zuko and made like a, a windmill with his like stick and he was like salt sloppily like flying out <laughs> yeah. like he couldn't lift both their weights. I want to talk one, before we get into like cool bending moments because we already talked about a couple, but I want to also talk about 
a nice moment that we got before uh, the blue spirit like action sequence um, at, right after, you know, Zuko was told about Zhao's promotion and that he realized that he was Zhao was going to be after Aang with all of the forces of the Fire Nation pretty much. And mm -hmm. it was pretty much hopeless. Um, I feel like we saw vulnerability earlier in the show with Zuko because we saw flashbacks of him as a young child. Um, but like that moment when he was on the ship and he like saying, you know, my crown, my title, like my nation, I'm about to lose them all. Like that was a really, and like he was on by himself, mm -hmm. like facing out into the ocean in yeah. his cool robe. Well, in, in, in the similar sense that Aang was, you know, basically facing the reality that his whole plan, everything was going to get fucked, Zuko had that same... Uh, hopelessness. Yeah, hopelessness, that mm -hmm. sense of that, that feeling. And so, yeah. Gut punch. <laughs> gut punch, that's a good word um, or phrase. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that that's where the um, the parallels, again, come in when we're talking about the um motivations mm -hmm. behind zuko and ang yeah where in these in this circumstance they had to work together to be able to uh pull themselves out of that hopelessness that dreary mm -hmm. um you know facing of reality i think we get a lot of cool moments in this series obviously this episode and then once when Zuko eventually joins them, we get a lot of cool moments of Zuko and Aang working tangentially. Is that a word? Yeah, or you could just, yeah, together. Together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I said it right, but um, <laughs> of just working together in like a paralleled way because we saw, we see their stories paralleled for, for so long. And then eventually when they come together in the third season, um, they complement each other so well. Yeah, uh, like they're fighting, like styles complement each other because they're the, you know, they're well no they're not the opposites but i think like temperament wise they're like the opposites <laughs> yeah i mean i i think in the beginning right now zuko is still very aggressive and very um emotional when he when he's fighting he yeah he, he puts a lot of his anger in in his fighting and stuff but later he's just moody yeah i think <laughs> when we get to season two and um a or sorry zuko and iroh have more one-on-one -on -one moments iroh trains him a little more um, i just teaches thought about him like, certain techniques what i just thought about the the lightning scene with screaming at the sky and then iroh <laughs> like gives him that great pep talk. yeah there's oh there's a lot of great moments that <sighs> puts zuko in that right mind space and that's that's a lot of what happens I in mean, season he, three he gets put what's so cool about zuko's story is that he gets so many moments where you think oh my god he's he's gonna this is it he's good now like in even in this yeah. episode you're like wow like he's listening to ang talk he's like he's he's it's grateful like, for ang to save him he's they're gonna hug and be friends now and then pow fire yeah. blast well i just realized and this this might have been intentional, probably not, but this episode is us getting a glimpse behind Zuko's mask, mm -hmm. and so that was embodied literally when uh, his his mask broke, and we saw yes. and Aang saw the scar, mm -hmm. and he saw what was under that mask and who it was. I think that is such a perfect kind of summary of what this episode is all about. Yeah, it was unmasking Zuko in a way. In a little, in, in a little sense, to really kind of show Aang what 
his motivations are and why he's doing this. That's why um, the last episode was so important because we as an audience had to see um, that child that Zuko once was in order right. to understand what's really hiding behind his facade. Yeah, and his we could have exterior. done a double parter, you know, with yeah, this these last episodes episode are, and this episode. They're very well connected. But. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's about um, finding out Zuko and Aang's motivations. I just think it's done so well because, like... They always keep like reeling us in a little with Zuko and then like pushing us out because Zuko as a flawed human character just always messes up a lot. You know, uh, this episode, you see like a little bit of good and then it's reeled back. And mm -hmm. then Zuko alone, you see like a little bit of good. The end of season two, it's reeled way back. Ooh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's but like you never I don't think you really ever stop rooting for him to like be pushed yeah. and go like and be the good person that Iroh knows he can be and that yeah. you as an audience wants to see him become. Right. The show constantly hints at Zuko's humanity. Mm -hmm. It's always trying to show that Zuko is more than where he comes from, more mm -hmm. than his parents, or sorry, his dad really. More than his element. Right, more than his element. Um, he's, and it's crazy that he hasn't, succumbed to his environment in that way yeah well what he's really succumbed to as far as his environment is iroh's influence yes but the fact that he a, a prince's son is not subscribing to the propaganda and the supremacist notions of the fire nation the being fact the, that the superior he hasn't element. become an azula <laughs> yeah exactly azula is literally like azula's suko's sister if you don't know <laughs> But, we saw we got introduced. Yeah, we we talked about her last week. You're right, or last time. <laughs> but yeah, Azula is the is the exact opposite of what Zuko is, and we're gonna talk a lot about that. But but they're both the same in so many ways because they're both so deeply flawed by their childhood and their shared experience. Yeah, and just like yeah, the two like most extreme situations happened with like the both. That's of true. Them. Yeah, they're they're on two set like sides of a spectrum yeah. you know and the the only difference though between i would say the only difference is the fact that zuko received more um more parental love yeah more guidance and that was entirely from iroh we see a lot we see a little bit of yeah you're Zuko's right it's not entirely in you're, it's not entirely alone. but i think it's Primarily. I think I think if if Iroh had not gone with Zuko when Zuko was banished, he would have become an Azula. Right. It, well, yeah. If I if if Zuko was by himself, or let's say if uh, Admiral Zhao was the person accompanying Zuko. Yeah, like something crazy. Where like he that. was. I mean, he would probably still be an asshole, but he'd be that mentor kind of mm -hmm. like asshole. But oh my god, Zuko would be way more fucked. Ang Ang <laughs> Ang would be dead probably. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, Iroh really is like, oh god, their relationship just makes me want to cry. Like, yeah, the way that they saved each other, pretty much, because I like Zuko, like will come to find is like a son to Iroh. Yeah, can we talk about? Or we've always talked about, but Iroh, absolute king, gamer king. Yeah, <laughs> he was hustling Smoking them. Smoking those guys. <laughs> <laughs> in Pai Show. Yeah. He was hustling them. He He's was like, hustling. He, he got, took all their money. I'm sure like, next, next time we'll, you'll be better. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that was straight up hustling. 
Oh my gosh. We're going to find out he's the king of the gamers too. He's the king of the gamers. The old old man gamer club. Mm -hmm. Great musician. <laughs> Voice of an angel. What yeah. what can't Iro do? <laughs> um any other good like bending moments? I thought it was cool seeing Aang speed run with air. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't do, do that a lot. No. I mean, we've seen him like run up a side of like the bossing or the bossing say wall. Oh right. Um, but like, yeah, just, but I mean, just speed I, so running far. across like a a hillside. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't really have like a particular favorite bending moment. There was a lot of great fighting sequences, but a lot of it was honestly a lot of non bending, like the Yuyan archers. Mm -hmm. Um, my God, where we don't see them again. I don't think. Right. I don't. Which is crazy. Oh, you know what? I think we do. Don't we see them? Like, aren't do, do they come back in the episode where um, Zhao tries to kill Zuko? And do they like light a fire arrow? Or is uh, that the pirates? Might be the pirates. I don't. I. I don't think the Yuan. I don't know. I don't we'll think see. the Yuan archers come back. We'll see. But they're crazy good. I mean, it, it's insane how precise they are with a twelve-year-old airbending master yeah you know already a small target just from him being a 12 year old boy and agile as hell yeah and the fact that i mean i'm surprised ang i feel like it would be a technique to learn how to like manipulate arrows in the air as an yeah airbender. it's just not like a like it doesn't line up with like their their way of fighting and their reason for fighting true you know like an attack like that right they don't really like to use weapons Mm -hmm. against other people so what, what i'm saying is like it I feel it like would be Aang cool to watch yeah, i feel like Aang could figure out it would how be to a sick trick <laughs> right yeah. um but I, yeah i don't really have like a major bending moment we kind of talked about the cool action sequences that was fun yeah do i have a fun fact i don't think so <laughs> my fun fact is that um when the <laughs> this is so random and i since i'm the editor i will I will plug. I will put this in. When the one of the watchmen find Aang, he blows his horn, and it sounds exactly like the horn from the intro sequence of the uh, TV show Survivor. <laughs> there was a lot of um, I noticed with like the. Uh like all the fighting music in this episode there it sounded like i was watching an episode of naruto like the fighting music i haven't seen naruto so i, I apologize all like, to all of you uh animators. Like, i can't even sing i don't even remember butch -cha, butch -cha, butch -cha. yeah no 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 not that it was like breath like breath work <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was fun i think um there's like Naruto always has like a, a like a music with like grunts and like breaths in it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the track. Yeah. As they're like flying through the, the forest. This isn't a fun fact, but it's a uh just a connection that I made in my 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 the inner machinations of my little mind. Um but the blue spirit mask, like the mask Zuko wore, it reminded me of the um the masks from the hit 90s movie three ninjas i've never seen that okay never mind 
But if you know what I'm talking about, you'll know that the blue spirit mask looks like one of those masks I'm from pretty sure Three they're like based in Yeah, the the blue spirit design was inspired from a Dragon King Nuo mask from a Chinese drama. Mm, like Chinese theater. Um but it was made blue because uh the creators thought that a red mask would give Zuko away too easy. Yeah. That's this true. is um the mask was a really good visual representation of is like the idea of duality I feel like and Zuko's duality <clears throat> of his character like the good uh versus the bad side of him because mm. we see that struggle we really see it struggle in Bossing Say you know later on uh when he kind of has like that whole fever because <laughs> like <laughs> the good side is trying to like fight its way through so. yeah. So this is just it's just like his scar, you know, the creators do a really good uh just visual medium to show that. Mhm. I totally agree. Zuko is rife with uh symbolism. Symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> just the yeah, whole like... scar <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um any anything else? Uh, we didn't talk about the whole uh side plot, the B story. Oh, that they were they had coronavirus. Yeah, well, yeah, Katara and Sokka had coronavirus, and Momo, I think Momo was Fauci. Well, no, because Momo failed miserably to yeah, yeah, help yeah, them yeah, at yeah. all. Um, yeah, it was it was a good good times. Momo is the example of uh, the incompetency of people trying to get the uh, the the materials they need to combat the virus. That was what that was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like just seeing uh, Katara like just buried in a bunch of random stuff like <laughs> i like end. i like the moments when Sokka is just delusional and hallucinating <laughs> i feel like if boomy our cat had posable thumbs and like yeah we would ask her to get something for us i feel like that that's what it would be like <laughs> <laughs> no boomy water oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah boomy boomy always reminds me of momo all right. Well, I think uh, I think that about wraps it up. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Rocky Relationship. Uh, follow our cats at Toth underscore underscore Boomy. Yes. Um, follow us on TikTok at Rocky Relationship Pod. Um, and have yourself a good week, two weeks. Yeah, we're we're kind of doing a two week thing. If you haven't noticed, just because life is hard and. Sometimes recording a podcast can just be tiring. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. like such a bummer thing to hear oh, a podcaster on. say. We're lazy. <laughs> well, yeah, we hate doing this for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we love it. We like talking about the show. I really love it. It's always, I mean, I could talk about Avatar forever, so. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we only set ourselves for 40 minutes, so. True. Yeah, it looks like uh, you knocked yourself out on that one. All right, good night. <laughs> Good night. Peace out.